Welcome back to the Yeah No Yeah podcast, the penultimate episode for the 2023 season. We got a lot for you today. We got more NBA stuff. John Morant's back and pulling off game winners. Curry's having a game of his life of the season, I guess. Not of his life. <laughs> Probably just the season, yep. <laughs> Probably just the season. Uh, Lakers are hanging the in-season tournament banner. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, we got a lot of NFL topics, and we got to give you an update on those Detroit Pistons and their losing streak. Let's go. All right. We've had a good year. It's been a fantastic sports year. We're almost done with it. Then we'll roll into the 2024 season. We got a lot of college football games to talk about next week. But let's stick to this week. Let's go NBA first. All right, let's do it. Justin, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Doing great. I am here to talk about the return of John Morant. He's had a fantastic game last night. Yes. So 34 points, a game-winning shot. Didn't shoot well overall. He shot 50% from the floor, didn't make a three. Um, But it just looked like a different team. Eight assists, six rebounds. This guy, he does it all. He he feels like a Westbrook-type player. That same energy, that same drive to the basket. is Is this something that he could turn the team around and make them like an actual contender in the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, you said it. It feels so much different. Like this feel, this team feels much more complete when Ja shows up. Right? He's one of the few, I would say maybe two or three besides maybe like Anthony Edwards and Luca, like a rising star that when they're on, they can kind of take over a game. They can lead their team to a win no matter what it takes. Right? I still, I still, you know, they had a rough start of the season. You know, they, they kind of dug themselves into a hole. I still believe that they can make at least the playing games. I don't know if they're going to be top of the West by any means. Um, especially, you know, Steven Adams is out. Bizback Biombo just needs to be able to step up and take on some of the juggernaut centers and power forwards that are in the West. You know, if he can limit Jokic and if he can limit Anthony Davis and maybe Kevin Durant, if he has to guard Kevin Durant, like maybe they can pull out a win or two against some of these stacked teams. Um, but with Ja here, it feels electric. It feels exciting. I'm happy he had a good game coming back because, you know, 25 games for just some like policy issues. It's like, ah, you know, kind of is what it is. But he's here. He's back. And they looked great, especially against the Pelicans team, who is a solid team. So that was a good win for them. Absolutely. And, you know, you're talking about Biombo. I don't think he has to do much. Like he just has to be able to compete against against these like larger centers, right? Yeah. They've got Jaron Jackson Jr., who's a great defender. Yes. Um, they have Desmond Bain, who's a pretty big guy overall as well. Uh, Xavier Tillman, good off the bench. I, mm-hmm. So they have all these other players, too. It's just, will they be able to overcome the top teams in the West? Yeah. Pelicans are good. They're not elite. It's just, it, yeah, it just doesn't feel like that elite team that they probably should be with yeah. you know, CJ McCollum, Zion Williamson, uh, Brandon Ingram. Trey Murphy off the bench, Herbert Jones. I mean, yep, yep. Jonas Valanciunas. Like it, it, they have such a good lineup. It just doesn't feel like they can get over that hump, mm-hmm. and their expectations and like, like their expectations are set so much higher just because of the names that they have on their team, and they can never just live up to those expectations. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Grizzlies just do. I mean, with a John Morant type player who, give him credit, I mean, is the life of the team. It really feels like He that really way. is. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Like, it, I could see them making a run. Like, they don't even, I mean, there was 25 games. They still have, I can't do math right now. Uh, 50 more. 50, yeah, 50 something, yeah. right? They still have 50 something games left. So John Rand can stay healthy and play 90% of those games. I mean, they could win 50% of those games. And yeah, for sure. They, they can squeak they in. Make a run. Yeah, especially the West is so competitive. They can squeak in at a, you know, 10 through 8 spot easily. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right let's, uh, let's talk about another uh, West Coast team that's at the bottom of the standings. Yes. Um, the Warriors uh, pulled off a nice win last night. Curry in the overtime. You know, down the Celtics, who, as of right now, I think is probably the best team in the NBA, just with the structure that they have. Okay. Um, okay. Curry is single-handedly keeping that team alive. Yeah. They, Clay Thompson, <laughs> Clay Thompson played better, right? You know, he he had six threes. He looks better as of late. But I mean, this is Curry's team, and I don't think anyone can question that. Yeah. 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 Again, you said it. You said it again. If Clay Thompson can score twenty to twenty-five points and Curry leads the team in scoring, they have a chance to win any game they're playing. Um, Celtics are a top team. I don't think they're the best. Uh, it was an overtime thriller. Curry, you know, showing that he is a top five player still in the league. Um, but if Clay's not getting the twenty twenty-five a night, I don't think Wiggins is doing it anymore. He's in the decline of his career, and. It would it be Kaminga? Jonathan Kaminga needs to step up. If it's not Clay, it's got to be Kaminga because obviously Draymond's gone. Um, other than that, like I, I still don't think this team is gonna. You know, I had pre- high hopes for them going into the season. I thought they would easily make playoffs. Uh, now it's looking like they might not make the play-in tournament, especially if the Grizzlies start playing well. I, I was, I wasn't high on the Rockets. The Rockets are playing very well. There's not a lot of spots up there, and Curry might be able to will his way through a few games, but I don't know if he can go a full season doing what he needed to do last night every single game. I don't know if he can do that every single game to get the win. That's the problem, is obviously this Warriors team is on the decline. They have been for the past couple of years. After that championship, it was all kind of downhill from there. Yeah, I think we can all agree that probably shouldn't have won that season. Um, yeah. Celtics probably should have won that. Uh, yeah. They were just so young, and you know, it was the first time they'd been in that spot. They kind of choked under pressure. But I mean, without Draymond's energy and his defensive prowess, right? This team just isn't the same. I mean, Celtics dropped 126 on them last night. They needed 132 to win it. Yeah. That was <laughs> with Curry and Clay both going off. Um, Kaminga had 17 points. Like. Unless they're scoring 130, they're not winning the game. <laughs> Which and that's is, the problem. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're not going to stop any of these elite teams. They, they won't. Right. Yeah. Right. On, their di- on, you know, on this dynasty that they had, they had, great, they had great defensive specialists that were able to you know, keep the ball out of the basket. Von Looney's not that. He's a good rebounder. He's just not a, you know, a defensive star. Draymond's that, supposed to be that defensive star, and obviously he's not out on the court right now. Um, we don't know when he'll be back. So Clay used to be. I thought I always thought of him as a good defensive wing. He doesn't seem like that anymore. No, he's, he's just pretty, slower. He's declined now. Yeah. yeah, 
Uh, Wiggins doesn't play the same anymore. Yeah. I don't know. It Wiggins is a weird one for me. Okay, Let, let's let's dive a little deeper into this. Okay, so he comes off the bench now. Yeah. Yep. Do we think that's the best move? Uh, probably not. I mean, long term, if you're playing like you know, if you're an organization that you know spends millions of dollars on this team, then maybe long term this is the best. Uh, for this season, I don't think so. I mean, this season he's averaging 12 points, almost five rebounds and assists. Um, you need that on the court if you're gonna get the points you need to win. Is he the most elite player like he used to be? Not really, but you have Chris Paul on the court for 35 minutes, right? Like he's not stopping anyone. He's throwing some assists, getting five to ten points a game. Like I'd rather have Curry running point with Andrew Wiggins out there to kind of support him. I, I don't know. This team is very weird. There's a lot of old players. Um, and it just seems like the minutes are kind of all over the board as they're trying to figure out who they can get into the rotation to boost up their numbers. Maybe this last game proved that, you know, like Trace Jackson Davis is the guy that you need out there. I can't imagine that's actually the answer, but he played for, how, what, 29 minutes? He played more than Wiggins. He's just, he's just so young. Yeah. He, coming out of college, I thought that was a great draft pick for them. I thought it was really going to fit. That was because Draymond was still there. Yeah. You know, he'd come off the bench, you know, get some rebounds, play a little defense when needed, um, just until Draymond's ready to go back out, right? Mm-hmm. He's a good player. He's just, he's not ready for this spotlight yet. No. Um, I mean, he got 13 rebounds against a, a good rebounding team in the Celtics. So that was, you know, that was positive for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've said it from the beginning. I, don't, I didn't like the Chris Paul signing. It just wasn't the right fit. They tried starting him with, you know, Clay and Steph, and that didn't work out either. I don't know. It's a weird, weird structure that the Warriors have built themselves into, uh, and it's definitely not on defense. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> they, they need to figure out the rotations. I think Steve Kerr will by the end of the season. It's just, is it going to be too late at that point? Right. I completely agree. All right, let's move on to the Lakers, right? Okay. All right. We all saw it. Them hanging that banner in the first inaugural in-season tournament banner. I felt pretty proud of it. How did you feel about this? I honestly, honest opinion. How did you feel about this? Honest opinion? I don't hate it. I th- I like that they hung it up. I think the banner looks pretty cool. Maybe it could have been a little smaller, but it looks pretty cool. It's not like too flashy or boisterous or anything like that. Um, I don't mind it. I mean, they won. They're allowed to hang it up, right? It gives the tournament, the in-season tournament, some more legitimacy. It gives it more of a lasting legacy. Not that those banners are going to be up. Um, it's not the, the banner itself is not embarrassing. It's just people are saying it's embarrassing because what? Because they won, and then it's not that significant, I guess. But it seemed pretty significant to all the players. Like they were playing for that money. They, it was a it was a big moment for them. Um, I mean, maybe not as much risk, but a lot of reward, right? Um, I wish the in-season tournament had a different name. I think it's dumb that we're calling it the in-season tournament. It'd be cooler if it was like the, I don't know. I'm just using this. I mean, look at what the MLS does, the, like the MLS cup. Yeah. Like that's what they call it in the middle of the season. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like it could be a cooler name. I feel like you could name it after like a legend or something like the, the, like, I don't know, like the Jason kid tournament. I don't know. I was just first player that came to my mind. I don't know. Uh, The magic Johnson in-season tournament and then they can hang up the magic johnson banner you know 
I just, I just think the in-season tournament makes it sound so insignificant and then that people are dogging them because of that. I don't know. I thought it was cool. I like that they hung it up. It, me- it means that it meant a lot to the organization and I'm sure the NBA as a whole, Adam Silver saying you need to hang it up. So it's not like they're the only ones making that decision either. That's, that's the funny part about this. I don't think it was just a Lakers decision. No, no. I think they, I think the NBA told them, hey, we're going to get this banner for you. We'll pay for it. <laughs> we'll All you got to do is hang it up in the rafters, you know, so that, you know, people care a little more about it. For sure. I understand it from the NBA standpoint. Okay. If they really want to push this, you know, it was pretty successful its first season. They're going to make some changes, make some adjustments. Uh, I, I liked what it did, right? It made yeah. it a little more competitive and a little less, you know, robust and, you know, methodical for, yeah. Yeah, for, for what the NBA season was. Yeah. I think it's a little lame just because it's a Lakers yeah. team that has won so many championships. Yeah, but if not this was, recently. Not recently. I, I guess. But if you look at, like, from the Pacers standpoint, right, you know, you really haven't won it. Yeah. If they hung that up, you know, I could see it. You know, something for their fans to go back to. Well, you don't need to go back to that, though. I, I See, I disagree. If you're a 15-year-old kid, right, and... You're a Lakers fan. You've seen the decline of Kobe's career. You've seen LeBron join the team. They obviously won that one season. Other than that, it's not like they're like this dominant franchise that's, you know, doing all these things. You have to go back 40 years to even see any remnants of that. I guess 20 if you want to see the, the early Kobe, 3 Kobe, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But still, 20 years ago. To us, that's not too long i guess i mean we were alive for it but these newer you know younger kids if you want to be a lakers fan it's like yeah they won one sure but you know if i'm a if i'm a kid nowadays i'm looking at the warriors the warriors are the are the dynasty so i don't know i i think it's i think it's fine i don't know why people are dogging on it so people are so embarrassed by it. it's like it's just a banner it's not like they put it outside the building and lit it up with a spotlight like come on <laughs> see uh, if if it wasn't if I know that the NBA didn't push it so hard, I would be talking them more, right? Yeah. I would be making fun of them a little more, but I know that the NBA was involved. So in here's the thing. If the, if the Pacers would have won and they hung it up, people wouldn't have been upset, right? Right. But now next year, if the Pacers win and they hang it up, there's going to be nothing to complain about because the Lakers already did it. You know what I mean? Like they're setting the precedent. Right. Right. So like, come on, it's not that big of a deal. People need to grow up. I also think it has something to do with the LeBron factor as well. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, LeBron just kind of taints everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is it, it's more of the, you know, LeBron haters that are also saying this. I that's think there's a connection so there saying that, you know, he ha- he's whatever he is now, four and six in the uh, yeah, NBA like championship. Yeah. You know, hey, he's one and oh in the in season tournament. Come on. <laughs> Undefeated. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's got something to do with it as well. So Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. You want to move on to the NFL? Let's do it. All right. Let's talk about the NFC East first. Eagles. Three straight losses. You know, we've got they they had their loss to the 49ers. Yep. They lost the Cowboys, lost the Seahawks in a brutal fashion, a 92-yard touchdown by Drew Locke. Hey, he was, I got to disclose this information. He was unfortunately my starting quarterback this week in fantasy. So I was happy to see that. 
How many points did you get yet? <laughs> uh, like 12 or 13. So not there we great. go. <laughs> but that touchdown really helped. <laughs> that 92-yard touchdown really helped. <laughs> Are the Eagles in trouble? Uh, I mean... I, th- I think everyone's kind of come to the realization that the Eagles are what the Vikings were last season, right? They're, they have a nice winning record, they're, but they're barely winning these games when they are winning. And then they're losing to either dumb reasons, kind of like this last one with the Seahawks, which some could say it's because Jalen Hurts was sick. Uh, whatever, I don't know. Um, or they're getting blown out, right? 49ers-Cowboys handed it to them. And the reasoning is they figured out the Eagles offense. Everyone knows what the Eagles are going to do. Right? They're going to run these quick slant passes. They're going to run it up the middle of Jalen Hurts. That's basically all they do. right? And then, so they figured out the Eagles. I think all the teams have figured out the Eagles. And especially in 49ers-Cowboys instance, they're just better teams. They have better position players. They have better schemes. They have better coaching. They're going to, if it comes to it down in the playoffs, they're going to beat them. I don't think the Eagles are going far in the playoffs at this point. If if they keep on this trajectory, if they win out the last few games, which it's looking like they will, and we're we're kind of going to talk about this later, but I'm gonna we're gonna combine it into one right now. Eagles have the Giants twice, and then the Cardinals in between. They should win all three of those, right? So they're gonna be in a good positioning going into playoffs. They're gonna be fine. Maybe they'll win first game, but they're not gonna win the Super Bowl. I would be shocked if this is how they play. I agree. So I think there's a lot less talk about their coordinators. They're both brand new. Yep. They lost both their coordinators to head coaching jobs last year. Yep, that's true. That makes a big difference. I'm just shocked it took this long to figure it out. Because at the beginning of the season, you know, they had these close wins. Those are ones that you typically lose when you have new like yep. a new offensive coordinator new defeat defensive coordinator you kind of figure it out by now which is a concern i think for the team i but it's better now than first week of playoffs it's true so they have three weeks to figure it out they play giants cardinals giants like you said yeah giants have played better as of late they're okay they're still not the there's it's still tommy devito the eagles should win those games yes they should absolutely <laughs> win those games um and they can figure some things out with these, with those teams. Yeah. So I have a question. Do you think the Eagles are hiding plays and saving them? If you said that, if you said that during the Cowboys game or the 49ers game, I would say yes. You said that against the Seahawks. No. Yeah. I don't think they are anymore. I don't know, man. It's I I forgot. I think it was the Seahawks game. They were asked, it was uh, the Manning brothers and they had Christian McCaffrey on the show and Christian McCaffrey easily called out the play that they were about to run. He's like, Oh yeah, Dallas got, got it's lined up a little bit back. He's going to pull. They're going to run it right. And they ran it left, but, or he said, they're going to run it left up the middle. They ran it right up the middle. And it's like these, all the players know what's going on as a, like you said, they are new coordinators, but as an offensive coordinator, you got to have some tricks up your sleeve. You're not going to get hired to be the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles who just made it to the Super Bowl and not have some tricks up your sleeve. So I, I still think they're hiding it. I, even though they lost to the Seahawks, I think they could afford that loss. So they, they, didn't, they didn't go all out. That's fair. I think it, the way that they're running their offense right now, which I think is more of a concern rather than the defense, 
the defense has yeah. gotten a lot of hate these last few weeks just by the way that they defend like they defended against the cowboys and yeah. they defended against the 49ers and then gave up a 92 yard touchdown to end the game they're taking a lot of the heat honestly the All eagles last yeah the last three games that they've lost they've only scored 19 13 and 17 yeah that's not going to get it done against the top tier teams in the nfc no. so i blame more of what the offense is doing it's sure. because they're not running the ball like they did last year they the running game opens up the playbook for your wide receivers to get down the field which is what they did last year aj brown getting down the field getting these big chunk plays Devonte smith with all his speed it's different yeah. and it doesn't it feels like they should prioritize running the ball more i think we see that these next three weeks i agree so i don't know if i i just haven't been paying attention that well the eagles running backs obviously uh deandre swift mm-hmm. kenneth gainwell yep and who's the third one that they kind of throw in there sometimes um stand by yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look real fast. Uh, Boston Scott. Boston Scott. DeAndre Swift seems to be their main back. Is Gainwell more of a David Montgomery Montgomery style running back? I see it. I honestly see it the other way around. Swift is the bigger back that will see, get you yards when they need them. And honestly, the from being a Lions fan, we've seen that he's not that type of runner. Yeah, that's that's the issue right there. They need another guy to step in, like David Montgomery, Jamal Williams, who can get you the three yards. That's all you can do. Right? That's what they're there for. They can get you on the goal line, get you those three yards, instead of having to rely on pushing Jalen Hurts uh, a yard forward. <laughs> um, DeAndre Swift's that that passing back, right? And yeah, as Lions fans, we know this, but maybe the Eagles don't don't have that figured out yet. Um, so I think, yeah, you like you said, they have three weeks to figure it out. They're gonna run more. They need to figure out the run game because giving DeAndre Swift all these opportunities is great. And I think he's a very talented and good running back. But you gotta you gotta get Gainwell in there and hopefully figure that out. That's that that's gonna be a rough situation for them. And again, I don't think they're gonna go far in playoffs. Fair enough. With that being said, we just talked about the Eagles and their schedule. Yes. Cowboys schedule for these last three games. Are Dolphins at Dolphins, yep, yep. home against the Lions, and at Washington. So, who wins the NFC East? I'm Mind still, you, they're both ten and four. Yeah, I'm still going with the Eagles. Right? I th- I think they should be undefeated these last three weeks. Um, the Cowboys. It's going to be tough against the Dolphins. I think that's going to be a battle. I think the Man, that's that's just brutal. If Tyreek's playing, I think the Dolphins win. Lions is probably a win for the Cowboys. Let's be real, and they're going to beat the Commanders. So they'll go two and one at best. So it's the Eagles have a much higher chance of winning out the NFC East. Do I think that matters? No, I really don't. I think the Cowboys are going to make it deeper. I think the Eagles are going to win first, maybe second round. It's going to be interesting because I don't know that you want to be the NFC East winner. I agree. Because whoever doesn't get that top wildcard spot and will mm-hmm. play the winner of the NFC South, who as of right now would be the Buccaneers. 
And yeah, I, I think, think I'd that. rather play the Buccaneers <laughs> than I like the Rams. Oh, I think man. I'd rather play them than the Rams. I don't know. Baker kind of balled out this last week. <laughs> He's <laughs> off and on. It, he really is. A very polarizing player. Can play <laughs> so well and then can play so poorly. Yeah. Um, but I think I agree. I would rather play the Bucks. Um yeah, the Cowboys are kind of in a great spot right now. I agree. I mean, I think either way for them, I'm going to take whoever they play over who the Eagles will play in either matchup. I really would. Okay. Let's say let's say Cowboys get that top spot and they play the Rams. I'm more confident in the Cowboys beating the Rams than I would be the Eagles beating Tampa. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. And vice versa. If the Cowboys were playing Tampa, I'd take them over the Eagles beating the Rams. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they, the Eagles just, they've been winning close games, like we said, and we saw how that ended with the Vikings last year. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. The only wild card I could see potentially happening is if the Seahawks are above the Rams or if, if somehow the Seahawks match up. I think the Eagles could beat the Seahawks if they played them again. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Playing them second second time in the season. Yeah. I think that, that could be a good matchup for them. I think that's probably the only the probably the best matchup for, for them. Yeah, I can see that. We gotta talk about another struggling team. Another Super Bowl team last year. Yeah. The Chiefs. Oh god. <laughs> Mahomes has been real frustrated lately. And who could blame him? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I they would be pissed if I was him too. Awful receivers. They are going out there with Rasheed Rice as their lead wide receiver right now and Kadarius Tony with five drops on the season and four of them being interceptions. <laughs> that is rough. <laughs> I am shocked Kadarius Tony is still on the team. I don't know why they haven't sent him anywhere else in the world and said hey just take a vacation like we'll pay just stay away from our team because <laughs> this is terrible i mean travis kelsey hasn't been playing great either right um clyde's edward edward has been okay um other than that i mean mckinnon's okay when he touches the ball but he doesn't t- touch the ball much that's that's it that's really all you got the defense keeps them in games but they're not a stellar defense that we were hoping they would be. They just keep them competitive. It's kind of a weird scenario because I think this is what we expected last year when Tyree Kill was traded yep. that this would happen. And it just happened a year later. I think it's because Kelsey had an amazing season last year and this year he's battling through injury. That could be. Um, yeah, he just doesn't look like the same player. And honestly, is it part of his injury or is it part of all the fame that he's getting right now and all the attention? Uh, I'm, I would say just the injury. I think he was, I think he's handling all the fame attention very well. Like he's doing a great job. I know whenever she shows up at games, the, the, the lady who must not be named, I know when she shows up at games, he plays better. So everyone's hoping she shows up to the rest of the games. Uh, but I don't think it's that. I can't imagine that's the reason he's playing poorly. It's got to be the injury. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you there. I think a lot of it has to do with 
you know, that early season injury where everyone didn't know if he would actually come back for the whole season. Yeah. Could you imagine if Mahomes didn't have Kelsey the whole season? I mean, sometimes it doesn't even feel like he's out there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that'd be brutal. They would be struggling to to win games. I, I Kelsey is a difference maker because the defense has to prepare for him, right? But he's not throwing it to him a ton. Like he had five receptions last night. If Tony catches the ball, he's based. If he catches the ball every time he throws it to him, he's basically at five receptions too. <laughs> um, yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> I, uh, if if I was Pat Mahomes, I'd be very frustrated. Also, I don't know if I'm just reading stat, the stats wrong or if they're reporting them wrong. I don't know. But I thought somewhere it said that if the ball touches wide receiver's hands from now on, it's not going to count as an interception towards the quarterback. That is the NFL's reviewing that and thinking about it. Okay. They, I thought that was through already. No. So they haven't they haven't implemented that. But <laughs> ironically, I heard that stat from a podcast I listened to yeah, yeah. and they talked about how they were planning on implementing that this next year. Okay. Um, but they have to work out the, how they're going to judge everything and how they're going to analyze everything. So gotcha. because I'm sh- certain, I'm certain if Mahomes, you take away all the times that, I mean, even just Tony, if you take away the times that Tony's touched the ball before it's been intercepted, he has the fewest, four, four yeah. less interceptions <laughs> easily. <laughs> so, I would be he has, pissed if I was home. Single-handedly lost them two games. He lost Some, them the Lions game. Sometimes double-handed, right there, bam. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, he has lost. He lost them the Lions game. That was the game-changing moment when yep. it went through his hands. Brian Branch intercepted it, ran back for a touchdown. Yep. And then when he lined up offsides. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That was a game-changing moment. They would have won that game. That was so dumb. I that we haven't even spoken about that, but if he so he looked over, the ref looked at him, didn't really do anything, and he looked back. And I'm like, dude, that is fully on you. I get that, you know, you're supposed to get a warning or whatever, and they're supposed to help you out, but this is the NFL, right? You learn this basically when you're in flag football. Don't line up offsides. He looked down the line clearly offsides it wasn't even close <laughs> like what is he looking at they need to check him for honestly maybe they need to check him for ver- like vertigo or something he is just leaning he doesn't <laughs> realize it and his angles are off and that's why he's dropping all of the walls but that was a brutal moment for them and yeah we don't have to talk about that anymore if you don't want to I, that was just, that was just it, dumb. it was so funny though because the line judge said it's it's the farthest he's ever seen someone line up <laughs> like, yeah. there's a solid was, like a foot over the line judge couldn't see the ball <laughs> <laughs> that's how offsides he was and i just don't understand how he doesn't see it like if you're looking down the line you know you're you know you're lining up right you look at the ball you don't see that you're like they're way closer <laughs> they're <laughs> you're way closer to them than you realize i don't know i feel like i'd look again like look at my foot be like oh yeah i'll back up yeah. and i don't know Maybe it I, is I think it's hard. I, I, I think it's harder than we're making it realize. I'm sure that in the moment it would be very different. I'm just saying, I don't think I'd ever be that far offsides. <laughs> no, it is not that hard. It can't be. Oh, God. Oh, uh, all right. Let's roll into final thoughts. I promised that we would get into the Pistons update last week. Uh, it's brutal. And the update is brutal. 
Justin <laughs> said. They are at 24 losses. The record is 27, 28. Now I don't remember again. I don't remember. I think it's 28. I think it's 28. I think it's 28. So they need five more games to set that record. Yeah. Let's, let's count them up, right? All right. I think right here we go. <laughs> so we got the Jazz. We got the Nets. Lost. The Nets again. They might win one of those games. That's our only option. <laughs> Celtics. That's the 28th game. 29th game is against the Raptors. Uh, not New Year's Eve, but New Year's Eve Eve. Okay. Okay. Do we see any wins in here? The Nets, maybe they could split that. And maybe the Raptors. You That's about the it. Jazz? You think the Jazz? No, I really don't. I really don't. I think the Pistons are one of the worst teams we've seen in modern history. Maybe going back to like the Charlotte Bobcats. Ooh, um, that was a rough team, too. Yeah. I was thinking uh, the 76ers before Embiid. Have one year before him. Rough, rough team. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's nothing to say anymore. Monty Williams <laughs> it wasn't, is not the coach. Uh, Kate Cunningham's the only shining light. Asar Thompson's okay, and he has potential. That's really it. They just suck. They just suck. <laughs> it's brutal. I don't think they're going to set the record. I think they will squeak out a win. I think they will make it their mission to win that Raptors game if they don't beat the Nets one of those times. Um, that will be their do or die. And it's just not looking great. I think they're going to be maybe a single digit win team this season. So we have the Detroit Tigers, who have had the worst season in history for an MLB team. I think the Pistons are on the trajectory to have the worst season in the NBA in NBA history. Yeah. Lions, 0-16. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> All I'm saying is the Red Wings are the shining light because they've never had that bad of a season. Uh, yeah, you're right. They, they have not been that bad. They've had a couple of rough seasons, though, but I, I'm, I'm not mad at that. And the Lions look great. I think what it is, the Lions can't be good when the Pistons are good. Probably not. So they, so they one took of them. Has all, to be. Yeah, one of them has to be terrible. They took the Pistons energy this season and they really went all in, which I'm okay with. It was their time to shine. And if it gets them a playoff win, it's all worth it. I, really, that's honestly, as long as they get a win in the playoffs, it's a, it's a dub for their season. Yep. If the, all right. Oh. Real quick, I was going to say, if the Pistons don't win 10 games this season and they get, you know, top draft pick, do you think it matters next year? No. I don't it doesn't matter because we've already had the number one pick overall. And it's Cade. And yep. he's... He's, he's been okay. good. He's, I, he's been, yeah, he's been good. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been number one overall worthy. No. So, uh, do you even like? Do you even have confidence that we're gonna get someone out of it that's going to be a game changer? No, I, I don't know much <laughs> about this draft class, but uh, do you trade the number one pick if it's a number one pick and a couple of young pieces for someone? The issue is no one wants to play for Detroit. So no. It, it's just it's just brutal, which is so dumb because Detroit is a good sports city. That's the problem will, is you have to be good at drafting. Yeah. And the Pistons are. <laughs> yeah. I think I think they have potential going into next season if they have another terrible if they if this season's terrible and they get another top one to three pick, 
I think they have a shot, but we'll see. All right. Pretty here. Pistons suck. <laughs> Pistons suck. We... They, they might make in-season tournament next year, maybe. Uh, that's all we got for you guys this week <laughs> uh next week we're gonna go over the pistons again we're gonna have to yeah we're also going to discuss the college football playoff games in excited depth that. excited and i'm sure we're gonna have more to talk about the nfl all right all right if you, if you liked the episode uh give us a like follow subscribe share uh you know run it back again why not um and we will see you next week see ya peace